1: Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Hey, at least the weather's getting better during this quarantine time. Trying to think of positive things to say. It's a little bit tougher every day time. We'll keep trying time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio on an absolutely gorgeous Thursday afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee, where I believe it's a fair 58, 59 degrees while we're recording this. But it's, uh, let's see here, 105.3 degrees, 108.2 degrees and 79.4 degrees in the three greenhouses in the backyard just outside this window at Fort Rucker Studio. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday out there. I know that I guess it could be Friday or Saturday or Sunday or does it really matter at this point? Every day's kind of the same. I know that we're all doing the best we can during this quarantine. As always, we're going to give a shout out to all of the brave men and women on the front lines battling this COVID-19 pandemic. I know that there's some real, real hot spots around this country, but it seems like it's kind of gotten its tentacles into just about every portion of our country, so shout out to everyone out there fighting it. Uh, Hopefully, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan you're listening to this podcast for some downtime, I'm not going to talk about this COVID thing because I'm sure you've heard that quite enough, but just want you to know that... Your your efforts are very much appreciated. Also, the people that are still out there working, you know, in the in the food service industry, people still producing food, people still working at grocery stores. Don't want to leave y'all out there. Y'all are certainly brave going out there and working every day. We appreciate it. Just know, know that we appreciate it. Hope you all are having a good day out there. It's just gonna be me for the intro of this podcast, guys. But it's not just <clears throat> excuse me, uh, not just me for this podcast, as I continue to try to get my voice back because it still is just all over the place. It's been, I guess, just that kind of a that kind of a deal lately, but uh, for about five weeks or so, hopefully at some point I can get better with this thing and I can stop having to hit the mute button and cough throughout this podcast and all these other things and get my wind back and all that other stuff, but other people out there have it worse. Uh, anyways, to the point, as I say on Letter Kenny, allow me to summit Mount What's Your Point. Uh, it's not just going to be me on this podcast. What we're going to do quickly here is going to go to break here a little quicker than normal. Uh, but the reason we're going to do that is pretty simple because when we come back, we've got a, a really long interview, I think more than half an hour or so. With um, One of my favorite people in the business, Rob Doster, works for NBCSports.com. Uh, for NBC Sports, he is a college basketball writer, staff writer, uh, likes to refer to himself as the czar of college hoops, which I think is a really neat title, because as you'll hear later in the podcast, I've been trying for a decade to get 24-7 sports to call me the czar of anything, even if it's the czar of nothing. Uh, that would still be a title that I would like to have, but uh, apparently he gets to call himself the Czar of College Hoops, and I'm not I'm not, not going to complain about that because he's a good dude and a good friend. But the reason I thought he'd be a good person to bring in here for this podcast is that if you see a lot of these mock drafts out there, you know some people do just kind of one round mock, some people do two round mock, some people just kind of do a big board of their favorite you know, 30, 45, 50, 60, 75 prospects or whatever it is for the draft. And Doster is higher on Tennessee Junior Eve Ponds than just about anybody that I've seen, perhaps higher than anybody that I've seen on Eve Ponds. And the latest on that is I don't think he has announced anything yet, and I don't anticipate him to announce anything. Uh, But I do believe he has already or will put his name into the hat for the NBA draft. I believe he can even sign an agent but as long as it's an NCAA approved agent he can come back so I think he's opening the door uh, to possibly returning for his senior season Uh, but he's a guy who will uh, go through the process now what does that mean it normally means going out and doing a bunch of workouts and things like that but you can't right now really fly out and do many workouts so it's they might even have to push the NBA draft back. So we don't really know what all this means. Kind of all the the rules are out the window right now because of this COVID stuff, working on kind of ironing out some of those things. Uh, but basically, uh, as of now, I think Eve Ponds is probably going to be in the draft and then uh, we'll see if he pulls himself out of it. I don't really know. I think he'll wait to see what kind of feedback he gets and all that. But, again, he's not officially announced anything, so that's his prerogative. There's certainly no one putting the gun to his head and saying he has to announce anything or say anything publicly. He's kind of a quiet kid, reserved kid by nature, mature kid, but, but very quiet. Wants to go about his business in kind of an old-school way, so respect to that. But the bottom line is uh, Doster has Eve Ponds ranked number 32 overall on his big board, uh, which would put him just outside the first round of the NBA draft. It would put him early in the second round. And, you know, the, the first-round guys, they get the guaranteed contracts. But you're seeing more and more now some of these early second-round picks, some of these other guys – They're getting either these two-way contracts where they can go back and forth between the G League and the NBA. You've seen a few of those guys uh, from Tennessee's team last year that are on one of those deals. Schofield, uh, Bone, I think um, Alexander also has kind of one of those contracts. So you get those kind of deals sometimes. And if he gets guaranteed money, uh, he still might consider going. I mean, that's still – you know, life-altering money for a lot of people. So I don't know what Pons is going to do, but I do know that Rob Doster is higher on him than most people are, so I wanted to talk to Rob about that and also speak to him about Jordan Bowden, uh, where he sees him potentially as a prospect. And also, a little bit toward the end, talking about next season's Tennessee team. And uh, here's a hint. Doster thinks that Tennessee might have the best team in the Southeastern Conference heading into next season. So you're going to want to stick around and hear the end of that interview, too. Doster's always a good guy. He's always candid. And I'll be honest with you, um, the, the hype train is kind of building for this Tennessee basketball team heading into next season, assuming it happens. And I think he gives you some pretty good reasons for his belief there. So we're going to do quickly. We're going to go to break. Uh, We're going to come back. And then we're going to get right into that interview with Rob Doster from NBCSports.com, good friend of the pod, uh, G F O P. But uh, we're going to go to break first, listen to products, services, and house ads and all those other fun things. Be back in just a second, guys. Hashtag ad. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you may or may not have heard just a second ago. As always, you're not morally, ethically, spiritually, contractually obligated in any way, shape, or form to listen to those commercials, but we appreciate the people who do that. We know it's easy to hit the fast forward button, but when you don't do that, you help us at CBS Sports, you help us at Go Vols 24-7, you help us at 24-7 Sports, you might even help yourself. You never know. We're in a quarantine period now. You never know if you're going to hear something you go, you know what? I think I'd like to listen to that. I've listened to everything else out there. I've watched everything on the internets, all of Al Gore's internets, and, and I, I need something else to entertain me. Sometimes we have some some promo things on there that, uh, that might get your attention or a product that might get your attention. So we appreciate the people who listen to that. West Rucker here at Fort Rucker Studio, and I promised I was going to get right into that, and I am. Here is my discussion from, oh, late last Wednesday, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, sometime in there. It was a late night call uh, between me and Rob Doster, uh, the college basketball writer at NBCSports.com. Here is the conversation with Rob Doster. Joined now by our good friend Rob Doster from NBCSports.com, a college basketball writer there, or as he likes to call himself, the czar of college hoops, which is a Pretty good title, Rob, because I uh, I've tried forever to get twenty four seven sports to call me a czar of something, uh, and they won't, and and that that sort of makes me sad because I was like, you know, hey, we, we, why don't we just we could we could figure something out with the contract? Let's just let's just put czar of something on here. They always say no, so you get to be a czar, and that's pretty awesome, man. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. You know, I keep trying to convince them to put that into writing and have that be a part of my title. So when I put it on my business cards, it says the czar of college basketball. But, you know, for some reason, they just keep they keep saying, well, think about it next year. Think about it for your next deal. Maybe that'll be something that gets put in next time. So uh, I'm glad that I'm finally getting recognized for uh, for my abilities. I don't have a lot of things that I do well. That's one of the things I do well. So,
1: well, I just I I, I tried to start with helicopter because I knew they would shut that one down because that's just that's 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 an unreasonable request. And then I thought I would go, Okay, well, what about just being a czar? didn't work so i'm gonna have to come up with a different plan the next time before we talk a little hoops how uh how's a uh, quarantine life hanging in there for you and the rest of the uh the old dc crew and all that
2: i'm 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 ready to be done with it you know it's i'm ready to go back to being outside and i understand that we can't and i'm all for staying indoors um and, and i believe that it's the right thing to do and if anybody listening to this is not staying at home please just stay at home mm-hmm. Uh, it, it'll be better for all of us. If you want sports to come back quicker, which I want, then everybody needs to stay home so we can just deal with this thing and get it over with. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready for it to be done. So hopefully, someone can find a vaccine and give it to all of us. And if that would happen tomorrow, I would be the happiest man on the planet.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to tell people that if we would just go ahead and uh, sports are like the dessert, but we got to right now eat our vegetables. And so, uh, and I feel for especially people in those those big metro areas like the ones you're in because there's just no. You know, like here we've got, you know, like a little more than half an acre or whatever of property here and can just walk around and in our yard, in my yard, and there's no problem. And it's like for other people, I get the frustration, especially there, but hopefully we can... We can get through this. Uh, But, Rob, there's one thing I I found very interesting. I I read all the stuff that you put out, done it for years, do a great job over there at NBCSports.com. Even though y'all are a competitor, I don't care. You do a great job over there, and I think it deserves to be mentioned. Uh, You had in your most recent NBA mock draft, I think you're calling it the version 2.0, you had Tennessee guard Eve Ponds a little bit higher than a lot of other people have had him on their radar. And I've tried to tell people for, for a while now that, I don't know what Ponce is going to do. I have a strong suspicion that he's going to test the waters and at least see, because if you're a junior, why wouldn't you do that? Uh, But he is such an athletic freak who still has so much upside, and scouts continue to pay attention to him, and they have the whole time. Um, but, but the people have kind of been up and up and down on, you know, would he really come out? Would he not, uh, you know, why would he come out now? Uh, but you, you state some of the reasons why you think he might, and you got him higher on a big board than a lot of people do. What went into that, that thought process?
2: I, I just, I think that he has an elite, basically NBA ready skill in, in the way that he can guard people, right? You, we talk you hear it all the time, one of the cliches. Mm-hmm. When it comes to these guys, they can guard anyone from one through five, right? And at the college level, there aren't very many guys that can actually guard point guards and guard centers. And I think that Eves Ponds is one of the few guys that can actually do that. You know, I think he's athletic enough and quick enough to be able to stay in front of the smaller, quicker guards. And, you know, obviously he blocked two and a half shots a game and, uh, you know, he's built like uh, Mr. Universe with what, like, ai I don't know what it technically is. I'm just assuming he has about a 63-inch vertical. Seems like that, um, yeah.
1: He, he, so, he He's part alien
2: also. Yeah, he he definitely is. I'm going to have to see uh, a birth certificate and proof that his DNA is 100% human because I don't know if he is. Um, but I, I really do think that he can guard point guards all the way up through centers. And And, you know, I don't know if he can do that. At the NBA level, but I do think that he is a guy that can guard one through four at the NBA level. And if you need him to in a pinch, can do uh, one of the small ball five kind of deals. So um, if you give me a guy that has that elite skill, we've seen what he can do as a shooter. You know, I think he finished, what was it, 35% from three this season?
1: Yeah, but the Um, the catch and shoot numbers are really good.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think he's better when he's in the situations where um, he's facing the basket and he just has to catch it. And fire away as opposed to uh, the year before when he was a sophomore like they, they were running him at the three for a while and you know when you're coming off of screens and you have to shoot that way it's a little bit more difficult than when you can kind of like trail step into a three you have time to kind of load up and let it fly and see the rim and all that good stuff so um, I think that he'll be able to make threes um, and I think that he is a guy that's already an elite defender. And you put you, you you take this elite athlete with this elite NBA ready skill that has shown that he can be at the very least capable of making open threes. And you tell me that he's a great locker room guy. He's a hard worker. He's not someone that's going to cause problems. You don't have to worry about him, um, you know, getting into the newspapers because of. Uh, something that he did off the floor, and you tell me that he's a hard worker, and you you put all of those things together. And to me, he's just the kind of guy that you want to take in the second round, especially in a year where it feels like the depth of the draft just isn't there. Like if you're telling me you would rather – let's let's put him up against a guy like Miles Powell, right, from Seton yeah. Hall. Yeah. They're both kind of in that like second-round range. I love Miles Powell. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite players that I've watched develop. Uh, through the college years partially because he used to be a really fat kid and and as a fat kid at heart myself uh, I love to see us us uh, fellow tubbies succeed so I want to see Miles Powell do really well in the NBA but he's like a six foot one scoring guard that was an inefficient gunner and I just don't know how that's going to translate to the NBA better than what East Ponds can do yet if you look at mock drafts and some of these projections there's a lot of people that have Miles Powell going ahead of East Ponds and I just don't I don't understand how you see what Miles Powell does projecting to the NBA better than what Pons does. So uh, that's just kind of where I'm coming from with it.
1: Yeah, I'm always fascinated when people, you know, the, the thing is that that we are, especially in this this society where we we love the offensive highlights, right? Where we we love watching this stuff. If you're just kind of flipping back and forth between games, or if you're watching a sports center, you're keeping track on social media, and let you know it, it's hard to go out there for to get a lot of defensive highlights. But Eve Ponds, the collection of of basically, I call them kills that he had, the way that he would would go up there and swat shots. I mean, it's like he didn't just block shots. He kind of took part of your soul when he did it uh, because he would block shots that just you, you there's no way a six foot five or six foot six guy should be doing that. And it affected the way people played against Tennessee, you could tell. They were always kind of wondering they were looking around for him on a swivel a little bit because they 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 knew he could come from the backside and just obliterate shots. But when fans are talking about this stuff, you talk about offense and you say, well, this guy's scoring 10 points, you know, 10.5, 11 points a game, you know, okay, three-point numbers, not great. And they ignore the fact that defense is half of this game and there might not be a de- better defender in the country than this guy.
2: I mean, that that's exactly what it is. I, I do think that he was probably the best defensive player in college basketball. I would say it was somewhere between, like, him and, uh, you know, Yudoka Azubuike. Yeah. Butler had a couple guys that, that – uh, belong to that conversation as well. But, I mean, Eves Ponds is, is right there, and I think that it translates to the NBA well. And the thing about it is, you know, at that level, there are only so many guys in the NBA that are going to be superstars, right? There are only so many guys that can take 20 shots a game. Yeah. When you have Kevin Durant on the roster and you have Kyrie Irving on your roster, you need somebody that's going to be out there to get stops because they're taking 50 60 70% of the shots in every single game. You know, and I think that Eves Pons is built for being a guy that not only can be versatile, not only can be switchable. Um, he does all of the things that you need players to do in like the modern NBA defensive schemes. And he also projects as a guy that could end up forcing teams to have to guard him on the perimeter. So I just uh, it, it fits to me and it works. And I think he has the personality to buy into this idea that he's a role player. Right. Like he's not going to get pissed off if he doesn't yep. get 10 to 15 shots in a game. He might be fine to just go out there and play defense, get a couple dunks, get a couple rebounds. And if he takes one or two threes, then great, awesome, makes one of them. He had a great day, perfect day at the office. So uh, so much about um, the NBA teams that thrive and the ones that end up being the best teams, they find the guys that can buy into a role and are stars in their role. Like take P.J. Tucker, for example, right? Who watched yeah. P.J. Tucker in college and was like, that guy is going to end up being – a starter on really, really good teams in the NBA. At some point, he'll probably, like, I'm sure he was on, like, a top 100 players in the nba list at some point how many people watched him in college of texas and said that guy's going to end up playing in the nba for a decade i think i, rick, I think
1: rick barnes and maybe and maybe the kids parents at that point <laughs> that's yeah, pretty much if, it
2: if that i don't even know if rick barnes thought pj tucker was going to end up being able to latch on in the nba as long as he has but he bought into this role of being like that junkyard dog defender that can uh, guard down if he has to and guard up if he has to and just Buy into playing a role on the team that has somebody that's going to shoot eight million shots a game, and and I think Eves Pons can absolutely be that guy.
1: And, and he, here's my other question about Eve Pons. Before we move on, and talk about a couple other things. I think the other thing people are missing with with Pons and with his decision is this: you talk about upside, right? Like what's a guy's upside? And everyone knows that Pons' upside is it's almost it's tough to see because it could be so high, and, and maybe he just what he is is a valuable player. But what he could be, just in the back of your mind, you're like, nah, if that switch ever went off, man, you you see like in, in a couple of the biggest the toughest spots Tennessee had all year, right? they're they're in Coalfield, they're they're at the fog and everything's going crazy I almost said Coalfield House, like Maryland. you know they, they were you know, they were in the fog at Kansas and they go to Rupp Arena and, and just down the stretch tough places on the road, lots of people in your face. That was some of the best basketball he played all year uh, was in those moments. I mean, in Kansas, he was one of the best players, if not the best player on the floor that day. Um, And and that had Dotson and and Buki and all those other guys out there. So he's had this ability that you go, hmm, maybe he could do that. But as he is, um, there's still some value in that. So here's my question. Everyone knows what, or most people, I think, know what kind of class Tennessee is bringing in next season. I think, I don't know if fans across the country know it. I know that the coaches across the country know it, and I know that Tennessee fans, for the most part, understand this. But but Tennessee's bringing in maybe the best class I've seen Tennessee ever sign, potentially. And there's a lot of ball-dominant or you know just really skilled guards in that class. They're bringing back some guys also that are going to be putting some points up. I don't know that Pons can go out there and be like, you know, a, a 15, 16 points per game guy next season. So what could he do to really increase the value? So I'm I'm thinking, is that not part of the process in the back of your mind? If you're weighing pros and cons, you're thinking, I don't know how much I could raise my value in a year.
2: Well, part of it, I think, is that it's never going to be the points with him. Like if you're an NBA GM and you're watching Eves Pond play, and he goes from averaging 11 points to averaging 14 points, and you're like, okay, that convinced me. I am taking him now. Then like, you're evaluating the role of things with him. Yep. What you want to see with Pond, if he comes back, is a more consistent looking stroke. You want to see him more comfortable being able to attack closeouts because his role in the NBA is going to be defensively. Obviously, I don't think he needs to improve or prove anything on that end of the floor. Like We know what he's going to be. What you want him to be able to do is, uh, is to. Knockdown shots and you want to be able, it's called gravity what these guys have and it means that defenses and defenders aren't going to leave you when you're out behind the arc and when they're closer to you when you're out behind the arc it creates spaces and driving lanes and room for cutters and room for that screen and roll to be able to work at that level so you want pawns to have gravity, and you also want him to be able to, if somebody helps a little too much and he gets an open three, be able to make something happen if they run you off the three-point line. So can you attack a closeout? Can you, when somebody's sprinting at you, take two dribbles, get to the rim and dunk it? Can you uh, take one dribble and pull up? Can you take a dribble, draw a defender, kick it to somebody else for an open three kind of a deal, right? Can you catch the ball and swing it immediately because you know where that next pass is going to be open? Like you want to see him be able to have that feel – kind of in those isolation and those closeout situations and be able to knock down shots. Like does that jump shot, Look a little bit smoother. So I, I don't think you're looking for a guy that all of a sudden goes and and ends up being a 15 point point game score. I think naturally the the numbers might go up, but you want to see better three point shooting. You want to see better mechanics. You want to see him look a little bit smoother and more comfortable and and more natural when he's out there moving. I think if he comes back, that's what you're looking for as an NBA JM. If you're just going strictly off of like how many points he scores, I just you know I, I think that you're going. I think your process in that situation is wrong because, like you said, I mean, Keon Johnson is going to come in and be a monster, right? Um, I think that Santiago Vescovi, now that he actually has, like, a little bit of experience, I think that his efficiency, like, it can only go up, right? How many times can you, like, he can't turn the ball over, like, nine times a game again, right? I I just don't think that that happens as a guy. Well, I mean, if if
1: it does, he won't play for Barnes. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So, um, like, I, I don't think that you're like I said, you're not drafting him because of what you think he can do as a score. You're drafting him because of what he can do as a defender. And if he can prove he can do those other things better make threes, attack closeouts, put the ball on the floor, like have a better feel as a basketball player, then you're looking at a guy that I think can have a chance to. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he ever quite reaches the level of PJ Tucker, but I would not be surprised to see Eves Pons like just bounce around the NBA for 10 years as a guy coming off the bench, playing a bunch of defense, blocking some shots, catching a few lobs here and there. Um so I I think he's a guy that has a chance to have some longevity. Um, whether or not he 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 comes back to school or goes pro as it is, you know, I, uh, like they say, you don't you don't develop pros, you recruit pros, and I think that they recruited a pro and, and ease pawns whenever he decides to head to the NBA level.
1: Yeah, it's just there's part of me, you know, as a guy who's 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 been around the kid for. I guess, three years now and gotten to know him a little bit. I know he kind of keeps things close to the vest, but just you you grow to respect his work ethic because it's at an insane level. Uh, You know, a lot of that's genetics when you look at him, but a lot of it's also hard work. I mean, and it's still crazy to me that he showed up across the pond looking the way he did. And, and he had never really lifted weights. That was just like push-ups and sit-ups. It's one of the most amazing stories that I think I can ever remember hearing. Um, but, but you know, y- you think like, you know, it's good that you understand what your role is. But if he could just play with a little more fluidity and, and just express himself a little more and not kind of be so robotic all the time, I think there's a chance that, that he could um, be a guy who, At the very least, he could have some nights where he goes on heaters and just you know he puts up some points. Um, But you know, like you said, the value of what he is now, there ain't nothing wrong with that. The other guy I want to ask you about, Rob, was um, Jordan Bowden. This is a guy who uh, has a special place in the hearts of a a lot of Tennessee fans. This is a Knoxville kid, a Knoxville boy. Uh, He was a part of you know he was a starter from day one at Tennessee, a four-year starter was a guy who was prominently involved in kind of the, the rebirth of Tennessee basketball. And the story of his senior season was just kind of a crappy one. You know, he he is on a lot of people's big boards going into the season as a guy who would be a breakout star because of all those guys Tennessee lost. And it just seemed like Bowden could naturally just step in and, and be the dude. Um, but then Lamonte Turner, who really was the dude, goes down. And Bowden, he just can't get shots to fall. I mean, he's playing good defense like always. Uh, He played better later in the year. But I don't think I've ever seen a season where so many threes just kind of unfortunately spun off the rim. It just it it was kind of like cringing at times watching that. But he's still a guy who was an elite level or at least a very, very high-level athlete. I know there's a couple teams who are still asking around about him. Uh, I know because people have contacted me about him. I've heard other people talking about him. So I know his name's out there. But have you heard anything uh, about his potential to – I mean, is this a guy who's got to go overseas or is he a, a G League guy or does he have a chance?
2: I mean, he definitely has a chance because of the athleticism and because we've seen him be a shooter. And, and again, you know, we, we got to be talking about this kind of with the perspective of what his role is going to be at the NBA. And if he gets to the NBA, he's never going to have to be that guy. Right. He is going to be the athletic uh, floor spacing kind of three and D wing. That's kind of what he's, he's built as. So um, I, I do think that he has a chance. Cause like you said, like you can't just teach athleticism like that. And you can't teach a guy to be six foot five that shot, what was it? 38% as a junior.
1: Yeah. And at one uh, point he was so, shooting well over 40% for a lot of that season too. I mean, just what happened to senior year was almost felt like an aberration.
2: And it, I think, Some of it probably had to do with the fact that he didn't have a point guard on his team getting him easy threes. Like when you're a catch-and-shoot guy, if you can't catch and shoot, it kind of limits what you are as a player, if that makes sense. So um, I do think that he has a chance. Uh, I I think that he's going to have to do it the hard way, though. Like I don't expect him to be a first-round pick. I I would be moderately surprised if he does end up uh, getting drafted. I would not be surprised to see him be one of those guys that you see like after the the draft is over and, and you have Shams and Woj tweeting about all these guys that that get these like one-year guaranteed deals or these camp deals or these two-way contracts with NBA teams. I would not be all that surprised to see him uh, be one of those dudes because uh, I think that there, are, there will be an NBA team um, that will say, okay, you know what, I'm intrigued by this athleticism. We've seen that shooting ability. He's better off the cash, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But he's going to have to do it the hard way, whether it's going from overseas and proving that he's tough enough, whether it's going to the G League and uh, proving that he can be a three and D um, kind of a wing. So, um, you know, I I don't I don't think that there's zero chance that he can end up playing in the NBA, but I I mean, it's going to. He's gonna he's gonna have to prove it if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and and, I, and I'm stopping short because when Josh Richardson was at Tennessee, I told people for three years, hey, that's an NBA player. Hey, by the way, that kid right there, he's an NBA player. I said that until it was blue in the face for for years that this guy's going to be an NBA player, and I knew he was. And I think Bowden could be, but I don't. I'm not going to guarantee that because I think he's going to have to go out there and prove it. With Richardson, it just seemed like, you know, he was such an elite defender and he had a – maybe he was a little bit more natural sometimes at point guard than Baden was. I know they've both played it. And I think it's easy to kind of compare those guys because they were at Tennessee, kind of put up some similar numbers at times, have similar bodies. There are some similarities there. But I'm stopping short of saying I think he's a guaranteed NBA player. I just think the kid's still got a chance. And I think it's got to be the right situation because if he walks into the right situation, I think he, he could he could do well. But but not we say that for everybody? How many of these guys is it circumstances? You know, I mean, because if you're not a star, how much of this just comes down to being in the right place at the right time?
2: I mean, the margins for the guys that are yeah, look the guys like Kevin Durant and the guys that like uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the guys that are at that level are completely different level of basketball player from, from anybody else on the planet. Right. So take them out of the equation, take the top, um, like the top five to 8% of players in the NBA completely out of the conversation. Right. But once you get past that, once you get past the guys that are averaging 20, 23, 24 points a game, the guys that are getting these max deals, uh, the, the, the guys that are playing for team USA, the margins between like that next level of NBA player and the guys that are on the bench, and then the guys that are on the bench and the guys that are in the G League or overseas, like it's really, really, really not that uh, not that thick. Right. The, the margins are very fine when you get to that level of basketball. There's only 450 NBA jobs yep. in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you throw in the two way contracts, then there's like five hundred and ten or whatever that, that my, my math might be off. But there's like five, let's say five hundred jobs, um, NBA jobs in the world. You have last year, there were eighty seven players that declared early for the NBA draft and left college with eligibility remaining. That means that you have 87 guys plus those 500 guys, plus however many people are coming from overseas. Um, all of those people are fighting for those 500 jobs. And think about all of the players that are in the G League that were McDonald's All-Americans. Think about all of the players that are now like having to go to China that were first-team all-conference players uh, in their in, in college, you know, in the SEC when they were first-team all-conference, right? So the talent level of these other basketball leagues is just completely off the charts. So you can be a very, very, very good pro and a very good player in Europe, but not get a sniff at the NBA because like you're maybe a little bit too small or you are a scoring guard that can't quite score enough uh, to be able to play the role that Russell Westbrook plays in the NBA, but you can do it overseas um, at a very high level and get paid a lot of money to do it. So what you end up seeing is, Guys that get into the right organization where they fit what they're being asked to do, where they can accept a role, where they really buy into doing one specific thing very, very well. Like, take Tony Allen, for example, right? Good example. What do we know him as in the NBA? A guy that was one of the best defenders uh, when he was in this prop. Like, the guy, he, he shut down whoever he was guarding, right? That's what his reputation he, he, he was. He gave
1: Kobe and LeBron some problems. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. dude, dude, dude was a monster.
2: He was the Big 12 player of the year in 2004 and averaged 18 points a game for an Oklahoma State team that made the Final Four. Yep, like he was, he was an awesome college basketball player, and he gets to the NBA, and they're like, yeah, you know what, you can't score, so what else can you do? And he's like, oh, well, let's see if I can guard people. And he ends up being this great defensive player. So if you are not one of the elite, you're going to have to find something and be a star in your role and be a star at that job. And there are guys that can find... Uh, a way to make that happen. And there are guys that just, it doesn't really work. And take another guy like a Jared Dudley, right? Jared Dudley is a career 39% three-point shooter. He accepts what he is. He's a great locker room guy. He's a great leader. He's someone that um, has an influence on some of the younger guys that, that, like, teams will bring him into their organization because he's a veteran that has an impact on the younger guys in that locker room. Um, and he's still playing in the NBA for that exact reason. He can guard, he can make threes, and he's someone that you want to build up the culture that you have uh, in your organization. So it's all about finding your your role and finding your niche and finding a way um, to put your skills and make your skills have value to an NBA organization. If you are a scorer and you are not one of the elite, like the, the top 1%, the top 0.1% of scores in the entire world, you're probably not going to make it in the NBA. And it's just kind of... It, that's kind of what it ends up being. And and I think I'll just kind of cap it off with this, right? Like if you take the top players in any European league and put them on an NBA roster, they're going to be able to, to find a way to make it work, right? Like it's not like they can't play in the NBA. They can probably play in the NBA. Yep. But maybe they're not good enough at doing this job. Maybe they're not uh, a good enough shooter. Maybe whatever it is, there's guys that were able to – their agent was better. Um, it's all about circumstance. It's all about timing. And uh, sometimes it's just about – getting lucky and finding your way into the right organization. So, or, or having the
1: right uh, star want to take you with him when he goes somewhere
2: too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely helps too. But um, that's a, a long way of saying that there are a lot of guys that are quote-unquote NBA basketball players that aren't actually playing in the NBA, if that makes sense.
1: It does. And Rob, I know that we've kept you for a long time here, and I we really appreciate the time. Although I guess we're what do what do all of us have these days if nothing but lots and lots of
2: time? <laughs> I, I got nothing to do. Maybe I'll watch a couple episodes of Shit's Creek, but uh, yeah, beyond I mean, that, it's, like, it's, there's nothing else going. That's what
1: I'm saying. Here. Like, what are we doing here? So I mean, but before before I let you go, I, I did want to ask a little bit about next season because. I think Tennessee, for the most part, as far as I can see, and of course I'm going to say this, and you're going to say I didn't have them there, but as, as far as I can remember, with most people, they they seem to be about a consensus top fifteen team going into next season. And I know that people may be wondering why is that? That you know they would have needed a a, a big SEC tournament just to get in the NCAA tournament. Most likely they were probably going to the NIT. There, there's you wonder, you know, what, what's happening there? But I think when you look at what they're bringing in uh, and when you look at the ability, when you start putting together like their eight, nine, ten-man rotation next season, I think you see a pretty pretty good basketball team, you know, and they they, they get E.J. Anasicki in as a transfer, a guy who I think fits their system very well, and a guy, Barnes, and those guys, he kind of fits their character exactly kind of what they want from that role to, to back up Fulkerson and do some of those things. We don't know what's going to go on with Pond yet, but we know the guys coming in Um, this may be the best signing class Tennessee's ever put together. And and put it in perspective, um, Santiago Vescovi was the lowest-rated member of that class, and he enrolls a year early, so he's the the lowest-rated prospect in that class, comes in a year early, and he was one of the better freshmen in the SEC. So they've got some guys coming in, and I think there's some kind of buzz building around that team. What do you see for that team going into next season?
2: I think that they are – Probably right now, as it stands with Kentucky, the guys that we think are going to be gone and the players that they currently have coming in, I think I would say that Tennessee is the favorite to win the SEC. And I would also make the argument that they might have been the best team in the SEC last season if they actually had a point guard. If Lamont Turner's shoulder had not completely uh, fallen off midway through the season, if Jordan Bone had not decided to leave school a year early to be the 57th pick in the NBA draft. And I'm not criticizing that. Like, I, yeah, he he's got, making he got a lot a two more money it, making, yeah. so good for him. Um, but if he had been back in school and they had had a point guard, like they had basically had everything else, right? Yeah, it like just didn't have that when, guy. When kind Fulkerson of emerged, stuff.
1: yeah. When Fulkerson emerged, they kind of did start having everything else. It just didn't, you know, and and Turner, it was unbelievable. He tried to shoot he didn't didn't tell any of us at the time, obviously, and I get why, but he was shooting threes left-handed in the summer because he was so frustrated with that shoulder, and he was just trying to figure out, well, can I shoot him left-handed if I can't shoot him right-handed? Until they found out that he had that exact same same situation that the the former top pick in the NBA draft had. So, uh, you know, it's just a a really sad story, a sad way for his college career to end, but you're right. I mean, without that team, or with him healthy, um, maybe this is an entirely different thing we're talking about right now.
2: Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure I had Tennessee preseason top 20 last year, assuming that Lamont Turner was going to end up being healthy. And, uh, that, I mean, I just – they didn't have a point guard. You know, That they – I think they played – I can't remember what game it was, but it was right after Turner end up – like said that his season was done and before – Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin it before Muscovy showed up, like they 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 basically started like it was Jordan Bowden and Joy, Josiah Jordan James at the point. Like neither of those guys are point guards. So then you your point guard during SEC play is a guy that literally just got off a plane from Uruguay and had never like had a practice with yep. you guys. Like that's who's starting at the point for you in SEC play and doesn't and, we're and, and doesn't anything. play
1: and doesn't play the position at all the way Rick Barnes normally coaches it because Barnes loves those kind of up and at him go down the court in a few seconds those really cat quick guys and that's not vescovi's game
2: <laughs> but the- no, like, quickness is not one of his uh his his fortes so um I, I just I think when you put it all in perspective it, it kind of it makes sense the reason why and with the way it did and I don't think it had anything to do with the coaching staff or the players on the roster just you know kind of bad luck someone went pro one year early and the guy that was supposed to be taking over his position had his arm fall off in the middle of the season it just you know things happen in college basketball um so next year, like when if they bring – they bring back most of these these guys and they add – you know, Keon Johnson is the name that I've heard is, is the guy that's going to be uh, – he's got a lot of pop um, and is the guy that you kind of want to be paying attention to, one of the players that might outperform what their recruiting ranking is. I think Jaden Springer is really good. Um, You know, I, I think that EJ Anisiki, like you mentioned, is a guy that can just kind of fit in with that culture and that program, the way they play. At some point, Josiah Jordan James is going to show up and be the guy that we – uh, knew he was at the high school level and that, that he showed flashes of being um, last season at college. And, like, the, Biscovi, like, his efficiency can only go up, right? Like, he can't turn the ball over 19 times a game again. So Or he'll play the um, two-guard spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like So I, I kind of feel like if Eves Ponds is back, I, I think there's a real shot that, like, Tennessee could be a top-ten team again. Um, they're, I mean, you know what they're going to be defensively. They're going to get better offensively because there's going to be point guards on the roster. There's going to be better scorers, uh, the guys that can kind of initiate stuff themselves. And there's going to be times where like, they are going to have lineups where they have Eves Ponds, at the five and Josiah Jordan James, at the four. And that is going to be so much fun. Like I hope Tennessee fans are ready for how much fun those lineups are going to be. And cause they're going to play them at some points. And Uh, Again, you just mentioned John Fulkerson. Like, that guy, like, legit turned into an all SEC big man. You know, over the last, like, month of the season, how many guys in that conference, how many big guys were better than him? Uh, maybe I, Reggie Perry, maybe Nick Richards. Like, were, was there anybody else?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, he and the thing about it is there were – and I heard Bruce Pearl talk about this, and I also heard Buzz Williams talk about this. You know, coaches, you know, we think – we. you know, we have our numbers that we look at, and then we have the Ken Palm numbers, but the, these coaching staffs, some of the information they have, it's just crazy the metrics they have. And, and two SEC coaches said that, that after they touch the ball in a possession – um there was no more efficient center in college basketball than John Fulkerson. Like after he caught the ball, that that's what percentage of good things happened. and i and I, I cannot even begin to tell you the Josh Dobbs rocket science that goes into those those metrics, but basically, the coaches who love these things, uh, who look at all the metrics love John Fulkerson. So
2: I mean, yeah, that's, I mean he's 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 efficient. he he doesn't make any sense that he's that good. he He's one of the guys. Um, the, like he certainly does not look the part. Like when you see his hair kind of like waving in his face during a game, you, you don't think, oh, yeah, that guy, you know, he's going to go put up 27 points in rep Arena. Uh, so um, I kind of love him for that, by the way. Yeah, the and the, and so the, you, the you, folk
1: you, flow. Plus he's also a space cadet. When you talk to him, it's –
2: Oh, perfect. His perfect. Brain, his you to love guys place. like that. Oh, yeah.
1: And, you know, the funny thing is before we get out of here, Rob, we didn't even mention, um, you know, Corey Walker is another member of that signing class. I mean, that's mm-hmm. another top 50 player that's just going to be in this class. And, and maybe he plays kind of a combo forward spot and maybe he plays a little bit at the four or five. I think he could, they could do a lot of different things with him. Um, but he's another guy who's in there. So, I mean, yeah, I think.
2: And then they got the seven-footer whose name I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, um,
1: Uros Plavsic.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. What what you said?
1: Yeah, Urosh, and I think I think people were down on him because he 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 did not have the impact a lot of people wanted him to have. As people who watch them practice, get to watch them practice a, a, a decent bit. That kid's got game. I think he was n- not expecting to win that final appeal. He was on the scout team for a lot of the season. He wasn't ready to go, I don't think. And and that's just a mental thing. I think that experience he got this year. I think he's going to be able to help him. And I, and I think the other guy that, that doesn't need to get lost in the shuffles is, is Olivia Cumwell. I, I think he could be. Uh, this time last year I mean you know after they got on campus for a little bit because you know we were in normal times in a normal world uh he was the guy they were saying man this guy could be like the next kind of Grant Williams kind of player you know and then Pembers another guy they got on that roster they've got players and I think as you said you keep saying the word fun I think they are going to be fun to watch
2: yeah and they're also um they're going to be like be able to play any kind of style that you need them to play. In the sense that if you need to go big, you can put the the big guy out there whose name I'm going to let you try to pronounce. Who um, if you need to, if you need to go small, you play Eves Ponce at the five, three guards with Josiah Jordan James at the four. Right, so you're going to be able to have different looks. And I always kind of I look I try to find teams that 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 I want to bet on early in the season. That I know can match up with teams that are going to try to play them big, teams that are going to try to play him small, and they can, they, that they can also dictate what they want to do on an opponent. And I just, I think that Tennessee does all of those things. Uh, they have a culture, and they've kind of established themselves as a program that develops players or guys get better. You know, I, I don't think that anyone thought Admiral Schofield was going to be a second round pick when he committed to Tennessee. Um, I don't think anybody thought that Grant Williams was going to be an All American when he committed to Tennessee. I don't know if anybody thought Jordan Bowen or Lamont Turner would be as good as they were when they committed to Tennessee. Kyle um, Alexander I, too. Yeah. We just talked about John Fulkerson. No one thought that he was going to be the the what was it the most efficient post player after he touched the ball yes. in the SEC last season.
1: Not in the country is what they said. So I don't I don't I don't know. Like I said uh, that that's that's numbers that that I are beyond my comprehension. But yeah, you talked about the development. Kyle Alexander too is a guy who's you know on that mm-hmm. that two way deal with the Heat. So I mean you know that they've got they've they developed players and they've. They've made themselves fun to watch, I think. Uh, Rob, before we get out of here, you've given us just a ton of great info here. Tell people how they can get your information, where they can read your stuff, and how they can get you on social media and all all those things.
2: Uh, you can find my written work at nbcsportscom sports.com backslash college basketball. Uh, you can find my podcast. It's the college basketball talk podcast hosted by NBC sports. It is anywhere that podcasts are available for absolutely free. And uh, if you really want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Rob Doster. But, you know, my tweets, they're not they're not they haven't been great lately. I've kind of been losing my mind with the quarantine life. So just you've uh, been going a little off the rails. rails. Yeah, like going off the rails, picking Twitter fights with people. So maybe it is kind of entertaining. But well, it's um, I've, I've had it, Wes. I've had it with these uh, these idiots that don't understand what what you need to do with quarantine. So um, I've been arguing with people more than I probably should. Hey,
1: you're, you're you're preaching to the choir here. My mom's the dean of health at a college, so I've been. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying. <laughs> so to so to tell you people, understand? I've been to. Tell, do you understand what this is? Do y'all understand? They say for weeks now, I've been saying, "Do you understand what this is?" But no, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people don't. And, and hey, I, I wouldn't have uh, given you the platform to uh, go out there and give uh, your your information to all Twitter. But you said some good things, so they they're not going to come after you. I think so. Congratulations for that.
2: And, well, if they do, then you know what? I'm just going to blame everything on you. So that's
1: that's the easiest way to uh, <laughs> easiest way to get out, man. We appreciate your time, Rob. And uh, anything we can do for you, we'll be happy to do on this end, brother. Thank you, man.
2: Uh, you know, anything, anything you can do, you want to come babysit my kids? How about uh, that? Okay, anything
1: <laughs> except for that. Although you know, hey, my, I married a DC girl. You know, I mean, we go up there a lot. So you know, I mean, if, if you if you want me to do that, I don't I don't know that you want me to, but hey, <laughs> man I, <laughs> I could have
2: to take you up on that <laughs> once quarantine is lifted, man. Thanks, man. Have a good one.
1: That was a conversation with NBC Sports college basketball writer Rob Doster, the uh, self described, uh, self styled czar of college hoops, Uh, but in in reality, a a very, very good dude, very knowledgeable about his craft, and a guy that I've um, known for a little bit and uh, followed his work for a while. And uh, he's a good dude, so I hope he and all his people up there in the DC area are hanging in there. I know that some around some of these metro areas are are big hotspots for this virus, so. Uh, and, and they don't have a lot of space to get out and walk like some of us do down here in the south. So I hope they're hanging in there. Appreciate his time. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to come back from this break, and uh, then I'm going to go ahead and get us out of here. But first, we're going to go quickly to a break. Hashtag add. eBay
0: Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you may or may not have heard uh, just a second ago during that commercial break. You know the drill. You're not obligated to listen to those, but we appreciate the people who do that. That helps us all out. That helps us out at 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports, GoVols 24-7 might even help you. Appreciate you doing that. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And uh, just want to say before we step out of here again, uh, definitely appreciate uh, Rob Doster for his candor. Uh, you can go follow him on Twitter at Rob Doster. You can go get all of his work there. You can—he'll uh, direct you to the proper places. And he's a guy who I don't think Vol is going to hate on. I-, I think Vol Twitter uh, is going to be going to send some love to this guy. You know, Vol Twitter—it's when it's when it's with you there, you're feeling. You know, people—it's easy there. You're like, hey, these are some these are some cool dudes here. Uh, when they're against you, that's not that's not a fun place to be. Uh, and for those of us who are not accustomed to that, that can be quite the shock. So, uh, uh, But I don't think Rob Doster has to worry about that. I think he's going to hear nothing but good stuff. Uh, and I sort of happen to agree with just about everything he said. I think Tennessee's got a lot to prove going into next season. But I think that could be a really good basketball team. And I think this coaching staff has a track record of showing you they're going to develop players. I think they've recruited to patch some holes that they had on last season's roster. Uh, so we'll see if Pons comes back and all that stuff. But um, you really, I, I look at that roster next season, and I say, man, that's, they're going to be covered at just about every spot. They're going to they're going to be able to play fast, play slow, play big, play small. Uh, if they can take care of the ball and shoot it a decent clip, and rebound better than they did last season. I, I think they got a chance to be a pretty good team. So that's going to just about wrap it up for this episode, I think. Is that going to wrap it up? Yeah, it's going to wrap it up. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. You can also, if you want just Tennessee news, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, sir. You don't want any personal stuff, just Tennessee news. You can get that at twitter.com slash govoss247. And you can mostly get nothing but Tennessee news at facebook.com slash vols 24 7 or if you want that delicious east tennessee mountain spring water right from the source right from the source you can go get that at govols247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to get anything and everything you need on tennessee football basketball baseball Football recruiting, basketball recruiting, Lady Vols stuff. Maria Cornelius does an awesome job covering Lady Vols and all that stuff for us. And if you come right now, you can get 60% off of your first year. And if you pay us for a subscription, you get access to CBS All Access for free. $100.00. Annual value, $100 annual value in your pocket. CBS All Access, of course, is the streaming arm of the CBS network. You can get uh, pretty much everything in the CBS catalog, every show that's ever been made on this proud network, uh, commercial free. You get new movies that rotate in every month. You get live sports whenever live sports return. That's NFL football, SEC football, NCAA tournament. Got some UEFA Champions League stuff coming up. Got all kinds of awesome stuff, World Series of Poker stuff, got all sorts of stuff there on CBS All Access. Go check it out, and um, normally you'd have to pay 100 bucks a year for this Rolls-Royce package that we offer, the best one, but uh, if you pay us at goboss 247 you get it for free, because that's how we roll. I'm not sure if we're going to have an episode on Friday or not, guys, but at the very least, if there's no breaking news, you will hear from us by Monday. And, of course, this is Tennessee, so news could break anytime. time. But uh, you might have an episode on Friday. We'll, we'll see about that. Um, but definitely, if there's no breaking news, you will definitely hear from us by Monday. And, you know, throughout the weekend, we're going to have all kinds of news, all kinds of stuff on GoVoss247.com anyway. So go check us out. See you.